Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. A widow and her children three at Park Ridge, Illinois. Then came the stranger to her home and told her of his love. To meet a face so horrible, no one on earth will know. A foul crime was committed there that shocked the depths of hell. We finished the last episode with an arrest warrant being issued for Cornelius Pearson, who turned out to be Harry F. Powers of Clarksburg, West Virginia. This episode, we will learn about Harry's life from beginning until the grisly discovery was unearthed. Listener discretion is advised. Harry Powers was born Harm at Drenth on November the 17th, 1892, in Beata, Holland. From the beginning, he was always known as a troublemaker, being called a compulsive liar and a thief, always trespassing on neighbours' land and consuming alcohol. By 1910, his parents had had enough, and in April sent him to America with their friends, the Baker family. They had hoped that working on a farm would straighten Harm out and make him become independent. That didn't last long, as Harm didn't care being told what to do, and left the Ross farm. Harm was arrested for the first time in 1911 for being caught stealing alcohol. By this time, his parents had immigrated from Holland to the US and they Americanized their names. Harm would now be known as Herman Drenth. There are several years of Herman's life that are unknown to us. He lived and worked with his family, which may have prevented any wrongdoings between 1912 and 1917. When Herman turned 25 in 1917, Herman's parents bought 40 acres of land and moved 250 miles north, leaving Herman to become dependent on himself again. A year later, he changes his name to Harry Powers and moved to Madison, Wisconsin with his unnamed bride. We tried to locate information as to the identity of this woman, but were unsuccessful. All we know is that she was blonde and in her early 20s. Things were sunshine and roses for the couple. They were more like Bonnie and Clyde. April of 1919, the couple was arrested for the grand theft of a sedan. The car was stolen around one in the morning and was abandoned in Columbus because the car stalled in the mud. The couple took a train to Portage where they were apprehended and brought to the county jail. They pleaded not guilty in front of the judge and Harry was given a $2,000 bond while his wife was given a $500 bond. Unable to pay his bond, Harry had to remain in jail while his wife was able to make bond and go back to their place at the Fess house. It's hard to be shut up in prison 
mean, I know that I've done wrong. She visited her husband often over the months, but what officers didn't know was that she was bringing tools to escape each visit. On the night of June the 27th, 1919, Harry and another inmate broke open the jail doors with the tools brought to them and soared through the jail window bars. With the rope that his wife bought, they had created a knotted line to climb down and out of the jail. The three vanished into the night, never to be caught by the police. We lose track of Harry and his wife for two years, but then in 1921, Harry Powers, who was using the alias Henry Drenth, became fixated on another woman. We don't know if he was still married at this time or if they went their separate ways. Nevertheless, the young woman, Rose Strickland, either didn't know of this fixation or didn't return the feelings and married another man, Thomas Early, on Valentine's Day 1920. Drenth discovered the marriage in 1921 and did not take the news very well. While on his robbery spree, him and his partner stopped to the early home on July the 4th. Powers claimed that he was friends with the early family and that they can stop there for a few to fill up their car. When they got there, there was no one home, as the couple were away on vacation. Powers made his way into their home and stole a number of items. A phonograph, records, pictures and household items. He threw them in the back of the car and went inside to start a fire. But it didn't take, and the two left the scene. A neighbour saw the two and wrote down the license plate number and called the police. The two men went their separate ways, but was soon caught and arrested. Harry was sentenced to prison, but was released October of 1922, after serving only 15 months. Harry needed money and became a participant in a widow racket. Through the matrimonial service, he would meet lonely women and con them out of their money. After two years of doing this, he began using the name Harry Gildaw. He met and became engaged to Ali Province. He came to visit her to discuss their upcoming wedding. But by the second visit, she knew something was off. She would later recall her experience with him in a letter to the police when Harry Powers was arrested. After a brief correspondence with Powers, whom I knew as Harry Gildaw, he visited St. Louis in the late fall of 1924 and remained in this city for three or four days. Our friendship developed and he was promised to pay me another visit which he did early in November of the same year. On the occasion of the second visit, we agreed to marry. The ceremony was to have been performed on Thanksgiving Day. Without my knowledge at the time, he took a deed to the farm, which I later learned he sold for $1,500. He was quiet, refined, and gentlemanly in his attitude towards me, and I did not become suspicious of him until his second visit, which he made in a small automobile. In the automobile, I saw a woman's shawl and a sofa pillow, which apparently had been made by a woman. In the cloth lining in the top of the machine, I found four breast pins of the variety worn by women. He had told me there was a bachelor 
and the possession of objects of this kind made me suspicious. My suspicions led to a quarrel, following one of which he left. I never saw him again. In our ongoing journey dissecting real-life mysteries, I've found a perfect companion in a game that not only captivates, but also lets me step into the shoes of a detective in the glamorous 1920s, June's Journey. As someone who's delved deep into the game, playing through the intriguing scenarios of June Parker, I can personally vouch for its immersive experience. In June's Journey, you unravel the mystery of June Parker's sister's murder. Each scene is a visual and intellectual puzzle, with hidden clues scattered across beautifully crafted locations. What I've enjoyed most is the depths of the storyline. Each chapter peels back a layer of this thrilling narrative, revealing danger, mystery, and romance. Besides the allure of solving mysteries, the game lets you design and customize your own luxurious estate island. Building my estate has been a delightful escape, offering a creative break from the intense narratives we tackle on the podcast. For those of you who enjoy the blend of history, mystery, and narrative depth we explore on this podcast, June's Journey offers a chance to live out those elements in a beautifully interactive setting. June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android, and join me in this ongoing quest to uncover hidden truths and solve complex mysteries. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. With another name changed, Harry, who now went by Joe Gildow, met and started courting a woman from Hammond, Indiana, by the name of Lena Fellows. After a brief courtship, he proposed, and then Lena took money out of her savings to buy a car so that they could take a road trip to Joliet. They made a stop at a filling station in Chicago so Harry could fill up the car with gas. He suggested to Lena that she take off her two diamond rings worth $1,000 each, and placed them in a suitcase that was located in the trunk of the car. The suitcase also contained almost $2,000 worth of loan shares. He told her he wanted to make sure she didn't lose them if there was a robbery. After closing the trunk, she took the letter Harry handed her and walked around the corner to drop it into the mailbox. By the time she came back, he was gone. Cars, rings, money, and all. The Chicago Heights Police caught up with him in Mansfield, Ohio, and he was taken back to Chicago, and on April 19, 1925, was brought before a grand jury to face grand larceny charges. During the time he was on the run, he already sold both rings, sold the car and the stock 
and spent all of Lena's money. In his suitcase, there was a large bundle of love letters from other women. They were kept at the police station, and he asked for them back after he was released. The magistrate asked him how he managed to get acquitted. The man smiled and said, I got a smart lawyer, and he convinced the jury that I didn't steal the stuff that Miss Fellows gave it to me. Two years passed without any noted incidences, and in 1927, Harry, now going by Harry F. Powers, marries Lula B. Strother, and he moves in with her and her sister in Clarksburg, West Virginia. This brings us to now. Well, August the 28th, 1931 to be exact. Harry in handcuffs at the police station, being questioned on what he knew about Iker's disappearances. After denying multiple times that he didn't know them and didn't know the name Pearson, he was shown the letters that were taken from him upon his arrest. Fine, I use the name Pearson for fun. Yes, I knew Aster Iker and her children. I put them aboard a train for Denver, where Mrs. Iker planned to marry a fella named Charles Rogers. Harry seemed to be a Romeo of sorts, promising love and marriage to women across the country. Three of the letters he had on hand proposed marriage to a woman in Olean, New York, confessed love to another in New Bern, North Carolina, and told a third in Bakerstown, Maryland, he was completely devoted to her. To some, Harry was handsome. He stood five feet, six inches tall, wore horn-rimmed glasses, and was on the stout side. He had a way with words, quoting poetry, and in some letters, which were unable to be published at the time due to the erotic nature, was quite the lover as well. While Harry was being questioned, other officers found out that he had hired someone to build a garage five miles out of town on land that was owned by his wife. Police Chief Duckworth and Herzog decided to take a drive out there. They first questioned neighbors near the garage. They stated that Harry would arrive at the garage around midnight and stayed for a few hours. When they entered the garage, what they saw, they immediately sent for help. The garage floor was covered in deep brown stains, blood. They walked downstairs and saw the blood had dropped from the floor above onto the floor. There were four cells, each with their own door and lock. Two of the rooms didn't have any ventilation. In one of the rooms, there was a blood-stained mattress stuffed into the corner. While all of this was disturbing to the police, what they saw hanging from a rafter chilled them. A long rope tied in a noose was directly above a trap door that led into the basement. Police continued their walkthrough and found a large trunk. Inside, they discovered clothing, pictures, jewelry, and letters. A written ad for the matrimonial agency was among the paperwork. We read it in the first episode, but we will read it again. Civil engineer, college education, worth $150,000 or more, 
has income of $400 to $3,000 per month. Business enterprises prevent me from making social contracts. I am therefore unable to make the acquaintance of the right kind of women. As my properties are located in the Middle West, I will settle there when married. Own 10-room house completely furnished. My wife will have her own car and plenty of money. Cornelius O'Pearson, Box 277, Clarksburg, West Virginia. Word spread through the town of Quiet Dell, and people from all over came to the garage. Officers had to hold them back while others started their dig around the property. It wasn't long before a burlap bag was discovered. The smell was foul. When it was open, there with hands tied behind her back was the decomposing remains of Mrs. Iker. Not far away, another burlap bag was discovered. Inside, the remains of two girls and a boy. There was a blood-stained hammer and a wrench. The girls' hands were tied and they were gagged. The boy's head had been bludgeoned. Medical examiners identified the bodies as Mrs. Asta Iker and her three children, Greta, 14, Harry, 12, and Annabelle, 9. Discovery of the murders caused an outrage in Quiet Dell and in Clarksburg, but this is just the beginning. More information about Harry's secret life came to light, and things take an even darker turn. A widow and her children three at Park Ridge, Illinois. Then came the stranger to her home and told her of his love. To meet a face so horrible, no one on earth will know. A foul crime was committed there that shocked the depths of hell. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.